This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. And welcome into Tapped Out. We appreciate you checking us out. However you got us on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, on the BetQL Network with Brendan Tobin. It's just me, the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's talk a little fighting because Saturday night we've got a pay-per-view up in Canada, a USC 297. Sean Strickland, the champion, is the favorite, minus 130, taking on Dracus Duplessis right now at BetMGM. You can get DDP at plus 110, this one, of course, for the middleweight belt. BT, obviously everybody knows Sean Strickland's last performance. He looked unbelievable when he took the belt from Israel Adesanya. The last time we saw Duplessis, he looked pretty damn good against Robert Whitaker also. It feels like these are two guys at the top of their game meeting up for the belt. Absolutely. I mean, two guys, very heated rivalry. This has been a uh, a crazy fight buildup with them attacking each other at press conferences, uh, attacking each other cage side at the last UFC event. Uh, before the end of the year so there's been a lot of heat I'm curious to see you know once these guys are actually interacting with one another if that leads to anything because you know some lines seem like they were crossed is so much so that Sean Strickland is like reaching out to DDP and be like don't go there I'm going to stab you and I mean I don't hold a lot of weight with a lot of these things but Sean Strickland seems pretty serious because he's a little bit of a loose cannon and so I would like to see both these guys actually make it to the cage on Saturday night, but very, uh, very interesting clash of styles because, you know, Sean Strickland is just such a hard puzzle to, to figure out. And uh, DDP is just very, very explosive and, you know, really diced through Robert Whitaker in his last performance to, to earn this shot. I think the question with Sean Strickland is, was that performance against Izzy just a perfect game that he pitched that night or is that how good he is? Has he worked his game up to that level? In the case of Duplessis, you tell me. You want to talk about a ju- jump up in competition. You look at some of his fights. Derek Brunson, not even in the UFC anymore. Darren Till hasn't been here for a minute. Brad Tavares, kind of average. Yeah, he looked great against Robert Whitaker, but dude, this is Sean Strickland. Like It feels like big step up in competition. And no disrespect to Robert Whitaker. I just think that maybe getting a little bit longer in the tooth, not the same Reaper that we've gotten used to. Is Duplessis ready for a Sean Strickland at the top of his game? It's an interesting question because, you know, he looks so good against Israel, but then we're wondering, like, where where, where was Israel at on that night too? So it, I think you get, I think that both of these questions are fair because we're so used to that middleweight division being reigned by Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya for the better part of, like, five years now that you know maybe we're just getting to that that next wave or maybe they just have been in so many hard fights that these guys caught him at the right time we're seeing that a little bit at welterweight where there's been a bit of a changing of the guard and that guys maybe have been around it a while uh but aren't necessarily at the top and in the grind of the top the top fights now get their chance to kind of reign here but you know it's going to be interesting with Sean because, you know, Sean's not exactly a, a finisher. You know, he usually is going around and he's going to these fights, but he did have a, a point in that fight against Israel Adesanya where it looked like he could have finished him. I mean, you know, some refs may have uh, jumped in at a, at a different point when, when he had uh, Izzy up against the cage and, and was pounded on him. But, you know, Dragas is very explosive. This guy is a finisher. You know, he does go for he does go for the kill. But then you have to wonder, like, if he doesn't get it, well, then what happens? Does he have the ability to go deep into these fights? We've seen it's been kind of a theme where just because a guy hasn't been, uh, we haven't seen a guy do, do it, doesn't mean he's not trained to do it. Um, 
you know, so I think that's going to be another interesting thing going into this one is where is it? Do you like the experience of Sean Strickland, who's been fighting a bunch of main events, even though they haven't, you know, maybe been on the biggest stage up until the Izzy fight? Um, or do you like DDP, who's going to take this jump up and maybe is a little bit more exciting and, and has the, the flash to him? BT, of course, referencing the fact that Sean Strickland had, I think, four or five straight fights in the Apex. I'm not sure why they're still doing that. We'll talk about that later on in the show. So where's your money going? Who do you got? Because this is as even as a fight. I keep going back and forth, and I've made a lot of money since we've been doing this show on Drake's 2 plus C. I mean, as a matter of fact, he's been the underdog and cash in his last three fights. This would make it four in a row as a dog, so that doesn't scare me off. In the case of Sean Strickland, I made some money on him. He came on the show. He was really fun with us. I keep going back and forth, dude. I'm torn. I kind of want to see him make the walk. I'm going to make the fight last second, but I don't have that luxury right now because we're on the radio doing it. So I think I'm going to go with uh, give me give me Duplessis by decision. But if you can't tell my voice, I don't feel that strong about it. Yeah, I mean, which is like you know in the in the like 550 range right now. So there's really or by, by decision. I'm sorry. Is uh. Yeah, that's some good value on there, Sean. Like that's like around plus eight hundred right now in some places. Is that right? With uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of value on Duplessis. Yeah, I mean, this that's a lot of rounds <laughs> that he hasn't been. So I think people haven't seen that part of it. But then you think about oh, it, cardio is like, not going to be a problem. Or are you saying he's going to get punished? Duplessis in great shape. Yeah, so I think I think that's the uh, if you like the value in that, um, he's only got to win three rounds and he's got to finish the fight. You know, so. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the, that's uh, the, that's the interesting thing there. I like Sean by decision. Um, I, I think that that's, you know, that's about three to one right now. You can't get, you know, Sean is the, uh, the favorite going into this thing, but look, Sean wins fights by decision. That's how Sean Strickland wins fights. And so, you know, I'm going to go with that. It's, it's kind of the safe route, but that's usually how he goes and gets his victories. It's, it's pretty much been his path for most of his victories. A couple out there, uh, notwithstanding, but, going with the same plan now this burned me last week because i went the same way with uh Ankalaev, and Ankalaev nearly knocked johnny walker's head into the bleachers <laughs> but uh i you know i think sean sean you know Ankalaev, i think we've all just been waiting for him to do it he just hasn't done it sean strickland i don't necessarily know if you feel like he's gonna bust out the knockout here i think if anybody's gonna get a finish it's probably gonna be ddp um i like sean by by decision in this one i think that that's uh the the safe place to put your money but it's not the uh, it's it's not the interesting decision. I mean, DDP winning a decision in this one—that's why the uh, the value is where it's at right now. Um, and you know, these guys by finish right now. I mean, Strickland's like two to one. Duplessis like two fifty. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, man, that's that's one of the highest things. The only thing that's a higher on on method than that is Sean Strickland by submission, which is like plus twelve hundred. I'm a little bit surprised that the odds makers think the fight's going to get finished by one guy or another. Like you said, Sean Strickland, not necessarily a knockout artist. Duplessis, a tough guy to finish, especially, I mean, he's proven in the UFC octagon, hasn't so far. I just think that in five rounds, both these guys, cardio, I don't think is going to be too much of an issue. And Sean Strickland, as you said, it's not sexy, but it is how he wins fights, usually by decision, unless he gets knocked out. In the case of, like, you know, Alex Pereira, we've seen that also. A lot of things could happen. That's why it's called gambling. Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine, tapped out here on the BetQL Network talking about UFC 297 and making some money along the way. Fingers crossed. Co-main event, Raquel Pennington. Rocky finally getting her shot against Myra Buena Silva, the favorite, minus 175. I like Rocky as an underdog of plus 145. She's been in the game for a while. It feels like it's her time. I, I think that's kind of just the uh, the good storyline of it too, you know. Like it would be cool to see her after all this time. I mean, you're talking somebody who was in the UFC back in you know 2014, like at the real beginnings of women's MMA in the UFC. So she's an OG, uh, and, and Buena Silva has been talking a lot of smack in the lead up to this. Like she's like, I don't. Nobody even wants to see Raquel Pennington fight. I want Juliana Pena. So there's been a little bit of heat between them in the lead up to this too, which has been fun to kind of check out. Um, you know, I, I'm into it. I think it's cool that 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 Rocky's going to get this this kind of probably like one shot to 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 see if she can get in there and get a chance to fight for the championship again. She hasn't fought for the belt in 
you know, we're talking 2018 was her last shot against Amanda Nunes, which is it's been rained over by Amanda Nunes for so long. So it's kind of cool to see a person who's been there, the perennial contender. Everybody kind of tries to write her off, and you know, she's right there. Um, so I think it's I think that's the 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 cool end to the story with uh with with this fight coming up against Buena Silva. Yeah, producer Jake, if you could type in the box, what kind of uh, parlay money can I get? If I hit both underdogs, Rocky Pennington plus 145 bet MGM with Drake is two plus C right now at plus 110. That's where my money's going. Saturday night, might as well try to get parlayed. Um, Arnold Allen, the underdog against Mozart Ivalov, minus 200. You can get Arnold Allen at plus 165. We saw him not too long ago, at least I did, in Kansas City going toe-to-toe with Max Holloway. We've got some Max Holloway news coming up later on in the show. I think I'll play Arnold Allen as a dog at plus 165. By the way, that parlay, plus 325, that's pretty tasty because I don't think either one, Pennington or Duplessis, would be that big of an upset if they pulled it off. All right, enough about them. Who you like, Arnold Allen or Mozart Ivalov? It's a tough one, man. Ivalov's been rolling, and Arnold Allen, you know, you, you got to wonder, like, that first taste of, of – defeat against max holloway first loss in the ufc like how is he going to bounce back from that it is max holloway you know it's an all-timer so there's nothing to really sneeze at with that but you know i i just don't know about arnold allen yet i think that this is kind of like a show me fight for him so i'm going with evil off uh for my money that that one going into it let's work our way down the rest of the main card at ufc 297 on saturday night neil magny back in the octagon big underdog you always talk about some fighters that are tough to pin the odds on. Magny's one of them. He's either a big dog or a big favorite in all of his fights. Takes on Mike Malott at minus 400. I guess I'll play Magny at 3-1. to one. I mean, nah. I mean, like, <laughs> they're going to have a Canadian in there who's going to go and win, and they're going to do it against somebody solid like Neil Magny. So, no, I'm going with my You're money right. on Mike on that one. I'm sorry. You're right. That's that's why that's why, that's why why they pay you the big bucks, man, the, the voice of reason on this show. A Jillian Robertson, talk about been on a streak, minus 275, big favorite against Pollyanna Viana at plus 210. I assume you like the favorite Robertson in this one. Yeah, I'm not betting against the Savage. Love the hair. Love, uh, love, uh, lo- love everything she brings to the cage every time. She's a super entertaining fighter. Been around forever, um, you know. Especially, you know, getting her by by sub or something that night. She's dangerous, man. I love Jillian Robertson. And then there are certain fighters that I always bet to win my knockout, no matter who they're fighting, no matter where they are on the card. And we've got Chris Curtis fighting at UFC 297 against Mark Andre Baral in a middleweight belt. So you know where I'm taking action, man. Bye. Knockout. Where's your money going? Well, the thing with Chris Curtis is like he was on such a hot run there and, you know, was doing some things last minute. And, and so I'm just wondering for him, like, where is he at now that we're back into, you know, a little bit of normalcy, a little bit of time off for him? Um, because, you know, with, with his loss in Miami, uh, against a Kelvin Gastelum, which is, you know, it, it's not like the, the greatest competition to lose for it's nothing to like be ashamed of because Kelvin is you know, been around for a while, but it's also like, he's a bit of a wild card. It was a good fight, but he wasn't able to come out on top. And then they had the head clashes last time around. So it's really kind of, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a, bit of a tough go after when he was really really hot taking all these fights last minute and everybody was going with him um so i'm gonna go with uh Baral on this one to uh to get the victory dog money i like him oh now you wouldn't upset me which means coming up next since we can't seem to get along let's get it on in a segment called you're gonna fight me right here on tapped out
Sean Levine will step into the cage with Brendan Tobin in Are You Gonna Fight Me? I'm gonna fight your ass. Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back up my command and break. Now go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. And welcome back into Tapped Out with producer Jake Melliker and my co-host Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. I'm also the reigning, current, defending champion. The BT's trying to take my belt tonight. Here we go. You're going to fight me? Uh, Francis Ngannou is going to beat Anthony Joshua. In fact, Francis Ngannou, uh, Francis Ngannou is going to knock his ass out. You going to fight me? Yeah, I'm going to fight you. I think that, you know, Francis isn't going to have, like, the element of, oh, this guy has no shot. I think that AJ is going to take this fight pretty seriously. Um, and Anthony Joshua's looked really good his last couple times out. You know, he looks like he is he's he's got a little bit of that killer instinct back. Um, I don't think that he's gonna show up looking like Tyson Fury did, like he barely has looked at a gym. So I, I still think that Francis is dangerous, and there's always a chance that you know Joshua can run to something. Certainly we've seen him knocked out before, but I just think that he's gonna be uh more prepared for Francis this time around. But hey, good for Francis. He's still gonna get a huge payday for it. You've said a few times when you and I have had this conversation both on and off air about the Ngannou-Fury fight that you think maybe Fury didn't put everything into it physically, his camp, yeah. maybe mentally, all those different things. Are you sure? Are you sure is not just a really good boxer and maybe Tyson Fury's getting a little bit old in front of us? Bro, he showed up He showed up heavier than he has for every fight. I know it's tough to dude, tell. He because always he looks always... like a giant chicken nugget. But you got to go by the scale, dude. I'm telling you, like, he's the heavy. Like, he did not train for that fight. There's no shot. He put no effort into it. He thought he was going to box the dude's socks off. And he did not. He got caught, and it was embarrassing for him. Okay. Well, the way you're talking about it now, I'm going to empty the piggy bank when he goes out there against Usyk. It sounds like, I don't know, you're going to fight me. Sounds like you're saying he's going to beat Usyk, and he's going to knock him out. Um... If he I takes think it seriously, that, and if he's the guy that you're describing right now, and he was that embarrassed fighting not even a boxer his last time out, where you and I both think he lost what should have been an exhibition laughable fight, if he's the guy that we've talked him up to be better than Mike Tyson, top five all-time heavyweight, mm-hmm. then go out there and knock out Anthony Joshua, or go out there and knock out uh, Alexander Usyk. It's certainly a legacy fight for him because he's got to go out there and prove it after the way he did. Cause he, in, in a lot of ways, dude, he embarrassed boxing. I mean, that's the facts of it. So I do think that he has to go out there and, and have a very impressive performance against Usyk. I think the big difference with Usyk as opposed to a guy like Francis crazy as it may seem is Francis has knockout power. Usyk, you know, is a cruiserweight, the undisputed cruiserweight who became a unified heavyweight champion, six, two, he really should handle him. He's got a pretty uh, exposed weakness with his body. So I think Tyson Fury, a motivated Tyson Fury, should have the path to go beat Usyk. But look, man, the heavyweight boxing is weird. We've seen a lot of weird stuff happen over the years. Look what we just saw happen to Deontay Wilder. You know, when Deontay and Tyson fought the third time, everybody thought Deontay had no shot. That was a really competitive, fun fight. Um, you know, Anthony Joshua losing to Andy Ruiz. Like, these guys... It, it always crazy stuff can happen in heavyweight boxing. But I think if you were to just tell me skill for skill, who should win? No, I think Tyson Fury should get the better of Usyk. What about those prop betters? Is it worth betting on Tyson Fury to get knocked down in that fight? In fact, let me ask you this. When's the last time Tyson Fury got into a ring and didn't end up on his ass at some point? Um, That's a good yeah. question. I would say probably I against, I don't, I don't, I don't think he did against Dillian White. I think that he, I think he, he dealt with him pretty easily, and a lot of the, a lot of the guy, I think a lot of the guys at uh, Chisora, like I don't think that those guys put him down, but like, yeah, he is. If you get him right, he's definitely been down in his career. It's not like unheard of to hear Tyson Fury get put down. Seven separate times. Oh, speaking of going down, and I thought he was going to stay down. You mentioned earlier Johnny Walker got knocked out by Magomed Ankalaev. You're going to fight me if I stay. He might have the best highlight reel of getting knocked out of any UFC fighter ever. Like, think about Corey Anderson, Jamal Hill. Think about He knocked his own ass out when he did the warm after a win. Like, Johnny Walker cannot lose except for in spectacular fashion. Never seems to be cold, though. He always seems to be still uh, 
the lights are the, the lights are dimmed, but they're never quite out. Ish. You know, I'm always very Ish. impressed by that. Yeah. I'm always very yeah, impressed that by true. that. Dude, I thought <laughs> when that follow-up shot, a follow-up shot like any other person, the way that Uncle Live hit him with that with that uh that follow-up when he's on the ground, I'm like, every, everybody else feels like they would be out cold. It was a cold, it was a great performance by Uncle Live, by the way. Like very, very impressive. He needed that. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have bet on Johnny Walker. I'm done with that. And I've made some money on him. Remember, I had him by sub like a year ago at 20 to 1, and we hit that one. So I've made some money. I don't know over the years, but I think I'm done. Are you going to fight me if I say Michael Chandler's going to knock out Conor McGregor? We should see that fight this year. I don't want to try to pin the tail on the donkey and tell you exactly when. Looks like June. You're going to fight me if I say Chandler's going to knock him out. I'm not going to fight you on that. I think that, you know, we haven't seen Conor be a, a uh, great mixed martial artist in a while. Chandler is not um, got the when best do you think record. The time, real quick, when do you think is the last time we saw Conor McGregor as a great mixed martial artist? Just because you threw that out to the ether. It wasn't the last year but he didn't look great. When? Well, he probably beat Eddie, right before he fought Floyd Mayweather and beat Eddie Alvarez. I think that's the last time we saw him be an elite fighter. Dude, that was 2000 and. 17 18 that was it's 2024 yeah it's been a while all right it's been a while it's been a minute people care though yeah they do care yeah everybody's gonna watch and there's gonna be a lot of money that's the crazy part a lot of money's gonna come in on conor mcgregor i think the odds are gonna be pretty close to a pick and come to fight and i think if i've got any money left i'm gonna put it all on michael chandler all right Let's get a couple of more in here. Um, February 24th, the return of Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. As good as Yair is, as much love as he gets, I think Ortega wins that fight. You going to fight me? Uh, I think I, I think Yair can win that fight. You know, Yair got, got humbled his last time around for sure, but I think Yair is unorthodox. I think that he's proven himself that he's really, really dangerous. You know, he's gone through his own adversity in his career. Um you know, losing the way that he did to Volkanovski, there's no shame in that. Volkanovski's, you know, the best featherweight going, maybe the best featherweight of all time. And uh, I think that he has got a, I think that he's got a good shot against Brian Ortega. On February 27th, we've got the PFL versus Bellator champs. A bunch of guys fighting, big names, actually. You're going to fight me if I say all the following could be UFC champs. Patricio Pitbull, eh. But definitely AJ McKee and Johnny Epler. You're going to fight me? Uh, I for sure think Johnny Eblen could be champ. I think that the, it was cool seeing that him and Sean Strickland, uh, I guess, get some work in uh, in the lead up to this fight. I think Johnny Eblen, everybody has said, you know, that this guy has all the goods. He trains with some of the best guys in the world. Um, not really a weakness in his game. Adrian McKee is a fascinating one. You know, lightweight is a tough division. Featherweight's a tough division. So, like, wherever he decided to go, I think that's a little bit tougher. I thought that AJ McKee, when he won the belt originally, I thought, like, oh, this guy, sky's the limit. This is going to be the face of Bellator. And it just never really – it didn't it didn't take off the way that I thought it would. So, if I had to pick one guy to do it, I'd say Eblen over McKee. But it's possible both guys could do it. So, if we combine PFL and Bellator fighters, which is going to happen sooner rather than later – you think everyone's at the top of the food chain? I think so. Like, if you told me, like, one guy was going to make the crossover and I think was going to actually, you know, wreak some, some havoc and make some noise, um, just everything that he has together. We've heard from his trainer, Dia Davis, has come on the show. We've had Eblin on, too. But Dia's just like, the guy is, he's just an insane workaholic, you know, just never stops. We got to, like, literally pull him out of the gym and, I just think there's something to that. I know a lot of these guys work hard, but then I think there's another level of guys who are obsessed. I remember watching Kamaru Usman at a boxing gym with a broken hand, just go in there and hit the heavy bag with his left because that's all he had for like a good 30 minutes. And he had no reason to do it. No fight was coming up. Uh, and you're just like, well, that's why that guy is amazing. That's why he is the best. So I just think that uh, Evelyn's got a lot of that in him. And if you did bring him to the UFC, uh, he'd find his way to the top. Oh, I think he'd be champion within a year. Give him like maybe a warm-up fight, a number one contender fight, kind of like Michael Chandler, honestly. I think he'd be on that track. Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine, talking a little fighting here on the BetQL network. Before we talk a little football, let's get one last one in here. 
UFC 298, now right around the corner. The return of the Reaper, Robert Whitaker versus Paolo Costa. I think Robert Whitaker goes back to his old form and finishes the eraser. You going to fight me? Not going to fight you. I can't trust Paolo Costa. He's too weird, even though he's got probably the, uh, even though he's probably got like the best physique in all of MMA. Um, you never know if he's going to show up, you know, drunk on wine or what's going to be his, uh, lead up in that fight week. Um, but I do agree with your earlier point on Rob. I think that this is a big telling fight for him as to whether or not he is still that guy still going to make a run or is he, you know, are we on the other side of Robert Whitaker? So I think it's a very telling fight. Uh, speaking of getting knocked out, let's bring producer Jake in to talk some Philadelphia Eagles football because I don't know if you heard Jake, but they uh, lost to the Bucks. They got knocked out. And uh, also, while we're talking knocked out and I've got my boys with me, let's talk some Miami Dolphins. Guys, you're going to fight me if I say you guys rooted for essentially the same team this year, the Dolphins and the Eagles. Both got off to a hot start. Both had a young coach that at times your fan base loved and I'm pretty sure is closer to hating right now. Both had a young quarterback that at one point was the favorite to be the MVP. It looked like both teams were a lock at one point to be able to win the division, and they both ended up a wild card team, and they were both one and done. Jake, you can take this one first. I don't want to say I told you so sitting here in Kansas City, but, bro, come on. One, don't get too cocky. You still got games to win, my friend. You did not seal the deal yet. Two, I am going to fight you. I don't think we're the same team. I don't think the Eagles and the Dolphins were the same team. I think they had similar ending circumstances as to where they started hot, like you said, the coach, the quarterback, and then fizzled out. But this sucks to say as an Eagles fan, but I feel better about Miami going forward. Miami's the young team with promise. In my opinion, from afar, they weren't supposed to win the Super Bowl. They weren't supposed to get there. The Eagles, they were. They were the veteran team, stacked up, the stars aligned for the Super Bowl. We blew it. I'm much more nervous about our rebound. BT down in Miami, I think you guys are going to be okay. You guys are supposed to lose these playoff games. You'll get there. Yeah. I mean, it's been – I mean, here's the thing, boys. Like, you guys – you both were in the Super Bowl. The Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in 24 years. Like, I guess you could, we could go tomato-tomato on the endings. The Dolphins coughed up a three-game division lead. You know, like, at least the Eagles were kind of neck and neck with the Cowboys the entire time. The Dolphins – you know, the Bills were begging the Dolphins, take the division, Dolphins. Do it. Come on. All you got to do is beat the Titans on Monday Night Football. Blew it. Okay. BT, hey, the Eagles gonna... let the Cowboys win the division, dude. They let the freaking Cowboys win the division. But the Cowboys were good all year. The Cowboys were right there with double-digit wins the entire time. It was a close race. The the Bills were 6-6. Were six and six. They were 6-6. Six and six. They chased down the Dolphins, Sean. And the real Buffalo Bills have finally stood up, and so have the Cowboys, and so have the Eagles, and so have the Dolphins, and they're not standing up. They're all sitting down. It's unbelievable, really, how high – at one point – I remember it wasn't that long ago. We were talking, and we all had our chest puffed out, and we were saying we think we have the three best teams in the NFL. And, Jake, yeah, say what you times. will. I know my team still needs to go on the road for the first time. Patrick Mahomes win a playoff game in Buffalo. But where I sit right now, I believe – the defending champions and the champ. I don't know. I was going to try to say some Conor McGregor stuff, but I don't got it in me. So we'll just go on to our next segment. That's Connor it. Sucks Are too, you going to fight me? Yeah, he does. Uh, that's it. Brendan Tobin, Jake, Sports Machine. Coming up next, let's take a preview at UFC 300 because there has been a lot, and I mean a lot, of announcements this week. We've basically got a full card, I think, guys, except for a main event. We break it down on the other side right here on the BetQL Network.
We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. With Brendan Tobin on the Sports Machine, Sean Levine, and you here on Tapped Out. We appreciate you checking us out. However you got us, maybe on YouTube looking at my pretty face, or if you're just listening to us on the Odyssey app, just as happy for it. Our UFC 300 coming up in April. So we've got 297 on Saturday. By my math, 98, 99, goodness, this thing is coming right up. They're starting to announce the fights. I think we've got pretty much everything taken care of except for the main event. I'll give you some ideas here in a second. First, let's talk about what we have announced this week on the undercard. This is a perfect one. Bobby Green versus Jim Miller. What a fan favorite that one's going to be. Yeah, I mean, like Jim Miller getting the win this past week. That's uh, that's really, really cool, and he gets uh, – his call to go to UFC 300 seems fitting. Uh, love it for him. Interesting fight. Still think I'm picking Jim Miller over Bobby Green, but like, who doesn't? Who, who's not going to love that match? But also, who's not going to be rooting for Jim Miller? I remember you and I were talking last week on this show. These are the type of fights they need to get. These type of fighters. Well, maybe they're not going to fight for a belt, but they're uber popular. A Nate the Train Land, where uh, a Rose Nama Yunus. Although Rose has a fight coming up right before that, so. I don't think she's going to be at 300, but some guys or gals that have the name value that are fun to watch fight, throw them on the undercard. Jim Miller, Bobby Green is chef's kiss. Uh, not as good as this one. How about this? The BMF belt on the line. I didn't see this one coming at UFC 300. Justin Gaethje versus Max Holloway. Now, let me say this. Gaethje's going to be favored to win the fight. I think Gaethje will win the fight. But boy, I would see love. I would love to see Max Holloway at this point in his career, and he's not old. What is he? Thirty-one, thirty-two. But this many miles on the on the gas tank to go out there and have that BMF belt wrapped around his waist, I would love it. Yeah, this is. I mean, as good as it gets. You want to talk about a, a fan favorite fight for that weight class? Uh, Max getting back up to one fifty-five. Haven't seen them there in a while since he tried to basically do this against Dustin Poirier. Uh, of course, had the famous one where he tried to go and fight Khabib and they stopped the weight cut on him. So for him to get back up there is really, really cool. I mean, look, he's just at the point of his career. You should just let Max Holloway, if you're not going to have him fight for the belt, just have him have the most awesome fights possible. And that's what this is. And it is an interesting clash because you have a guy in Max Holloway, who's, of course, one of the best strikers, one of the best boxers, volume strikers out there. But you have... Justin Gaethje just breaks down his opponents right in front of him. And, I mean, who's going to wilt in this one? It just seems like right now nobody can break the will of Justin Gaethje. He just seems to be in that kind of a zone right now. But if anybody can do it, maybe it's Max. Maybe he's he's got the formula to it. But you just think about those nasty leg kicks that, uh, that, that, that Justin loves to, you know, impose his will with. Man, I mean, this one just feels like it's it's got fight of the year written all over it. What a weird run of fights for Max Holloway. So we're talking about this matchup for the BMF in Las Vegas, the biggest fight card probably of all time as far as UFC goes, against Justin Gaethje. His last fight was the send-off fight in Singapore for Korean Zombie. Zombie, Zombie. Deuces all over the place. And then before that, he was fighting in my backyard here in Kansas City against Arnold Allen. What was his fight before that? Was it Volk 3? That's a hell of a – that's a weird run. I want to say, did he fight Yair in the midst of that too? I think um, you're right. I think, I think he did. Either way, just location and opponent. It's just crazy to think that he's going to go – No, nah, you're fighting. right. He fought, he fought Volk. The Volk 3 was uh, before Arnold Allen. Before that was Yair. Before that was Calvin Cater. Before that's that, he had the two run, dude. fights. At this point yeah. in your career to have that type of a run, and then now I don't think this is going to be the main event because producer Jake pointed out that it looks like that's probably going to be the strawweight title fight. We can talk about that here right now versus Zhang Weili and Jean Xiaonan. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. Zhang Weili, she can kick you in the head. She can choke you out. She can beat you in a million different ways. I'm going to take her to win the fight. I'll figure out once we get closer to it how she's going to. I'm taking John Whaley just because she was hanging out with my guy Kyle Lowry in uh, at the UFC Apex this summer. So she's got that Miami Heat rub on her. So I'm uh, I'm all for it. I think that uh, John Whaley is going to keep this one going. Oh, so Zhang has the culture all of a sudden is what you're saying. 
She's got right. heat culture. She's got heat culture. She's got heat culture. Right. So, you know, it doesn't talk much to, to talk me into a bet. So if you tell me that she's got some Miami heat culture, I'll lay down a little bit on her that night. Uh, Charles Oliveira back in the octagon. Where you been, buddy? Long time we haven't seen you versus Armand Sarukian. You know where my money's going. Do Bronx all day, twice all night, three times at UFC 300, which means I'm pretty sure since you're a jerk, you're taking Armand Sarukian, right? First of all, I don't appreciate you calling me a jerk. I mean, I like I can have a we can have a difference of opinion. I like Charles Oliveira. Um, he's a really, really fun fighter. What's not to like about Charles Oliveira? I just think that uh I like the fact that we're getting like these young guns going up. I think the same thing with the pay-per-view before with uh Benoit Saint Denise getting the chance against uh against Dustin Poirier. It's 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 interesting, but it kind of feels like we're being we're we're in the uh you know, kind of the young guys taking out the note, the, the known names lately. That's, that feels like it's, that's, that's what the trend has been. So I just think with Sarugian, it would be a, it would be a cool thing. You know, he, he did fight Islam. There's a little bit of a storyline there. It was 22 when he fought him. So, you know, what kind of improvement has there been? We've seen that, you know, with Leon Edwards being able to, you know, chase down eventually Kamaru Usman. So I think there's something cool to the idea of, him getting to uh, to face Islam one more time, um, even though Islam you know may shake it off or not feel like that's the way to go, but I uh, I think I think Sarukian's gonna get it done against uh, your boy Olives, dude. I think he is. You're not a jerk. Every now and again, I have flashbacks to something you said like six months ago, and I remember you maybe not talking smack, maybe talking down, maybe not showing the proper respect to Jose Aldo. And I don't know why that just crossed my mind. I was like, this guy's a jerk. But you're not. Just every now and again, jerk-ish, I think is a better way that I should have said it. Uh, Yuri Prohoshka is on this card. This card is getting pretty stacked now that I read it out loud versus Alexander Rockage. Prohoshka by knockout? Uh, that's going to be one. Uh, do you have odds in front of you right now? Because that's one of those where I could be talked into Rockage. I could be talked into Rockage with the right number. I, slight favorite, Slight favorite right now. Probably goes off pretty close to a pick him, I think. If it's pick him, I'd go Prohashka. If if there was some value there at Rockic, I could be talked into Rockic. I know that uh, you know, he's he's uh, kind of the 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 Balkan peninsula there. Like he's their hope if uh, if he's gonna go and get a belt. And you know, it always feels like he's been dealing with some health stuff or hasn't been consistently in the cage. So uh it would be cool to see him get on a run, but I think I'll lean Yuri to uh to keep it going. How about a guy that came on our show one time and almost got us kicked off the airways? Calvin Cater fights at UFC 300 against Aljamain Sterling. So Aljo just had the belt taken on the biggest potty mouth in the UFC. I really like both these guys. In fact, both friends of the show. We've had Aljo on also. I think Aljo's the better fighter. I think he wins the fight. I think he's the better fighter too. I think the only thing that we got to worry about is weight class, but everybody has said like he is all his peers say they don't even know how he made 135. So it feels like he can uh he can handle 145. Like that's going to be a welcome addition for him to not have to stress to get down to that low weight. And it's not like with with Aljo, it's not like he's going to have to worry about power, you know, coming. I guess I'll have to ret- worry about return power, about taking some heavier shots, but it's not like Aljo's going to go out there and be like, oh, I got to carry my power to 145. No, like he's going to go try and get you to the ground and strangle you. And I think that he can still have success with that with Calvin Cater and uh, and probably will. I know another guy that's fighting that night that likes to get people to the ground and strangle them and usually does it within a minute. That's Bo Nickel. He's fighting Cody Brundage. I assume we both are on the same page. We think Bo Nickel wins the fight. Does he need to look like how how far is Bo Nickel from fighting for a belt? I'm not sure what's taking so long. I get it. He just got here five minutes ago, but that guy looks unbeatable. He can knock you out. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I do think that like there is. I think Sean O'Malley did open a lot of people's eyes to the idea of a, you know, fight your contract out, you know, and then the next deal, if you're getting a little bit of a sweeter deal, then go fight the hard fights. So I think there's something, I mean, Bo Nickel is, Bo Nickel's got a, I mean, like he's ridiculously raw in all of this mixed martial arts stuff. Um, is he so I think, for him, yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, he, he's, he, this guy is, is pretty fresh into just learning wrestling. I mean, five and oh is pretty ridiculous. 
Um, and you know, no, no fight going past the first round. Some of them not even going into the second minute, you know, in most of his fights. So I think that Bo's probably, it depends how active he wants to be. I'd like to see him get three fights this year. And then if, you know, by the end of the year, maybe there's a top 15 guy or something like that, that you're like, all right, now we can start the climb for the next year. But I think it's going to be a little bit slower of a role than you think it is. When he came on our show, I asked him about fighting Chimaev. Who do you think would win? What if that's next for both of them? I don't think it is, though. I think that, like, I, I think Hamzat's got the fights under his belt. They're too far away. Like, if it ever happened down the line, like, let's say in a couple of years, I'm going to go Bo because I've never seen any vulnerability in him, but I don't. I definitely haven't seen him take out the same competition that Hamzat has. Hamzat's sloppy, though. Like, with his boxing, man, his hands have a lot of work. Obviously, he can wrestle. He can choke you out. He can grapple. He can break your limbs. He's scary. Can he box? Eh, I think Bo Nichols' hands might be better. Neither one of them are Mike Tyson. I'm just saying. Uh, Davidson Figueredo versus Cody Garbrandt also on that card. Well, we've got a couple of minutes left in this segment. Who do we think is going to be the main event, or do we think there's a chance that that Gaethje versus Max Holloway BMF just ends up being the main event? Because I was thinking to myself, it's not going to be Volk because he fights at 298. It's not going to be O'Malley. He fights at 299. I don't think Strickland is a big enough name. that He's going to fight coming up on Saturday. So who says that he's ready? Poirier fights at 299, so he's not going to be there. Connor tells us he's not going to be ready till June. I'm thinking of names that are left that could even be main eventers. Izzy? Hamzad? Islam? Pereira? Are kind of the four that I keep coming up with. Am I missing somebody? Nah, I mean, like, if, you know, there's been some of that talk of, like, maybe Pajeda going up and fighting Tom Aspinall at heavyweight, like, if that's a possibility maybe but i think leon you know leon Bilal, like i feel like that would make some sense to go and do something like that islam's gonna be on the shelf it seems like until summertime so i don't know man i to be honest with you i don't think there are a lot of fights that can top gaethje versus holloway not 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 even championship fights i think that's i think that's your main event i think if you if, if there's a fight that is a even the title fights that we're talking about the fight people would want to pay their money for more than anything is Gagey versus Holloway. They would. Okay, I think you're on to something here. So we think maybe Gagey Holloway is your main event. Your co-main would be, I suppose, I mean, you got, there's a few options on there. Um, I mean, you could, uh, the Zhang Wei Li versus Zhang uh, fight would certainly be on there. Um, that card's, it's working its way up there. I wonder, I'm very curious, though, if maybe they're going to pull something out from underneath us and go, hey, Conor McGregor versus Chandler is the main event at UFC 300. I, I'm still kind of holding out that there's a chance that that happens. All right, we've only got a couple of months away from it. We've only got one segment left, and we polish off the show on the other side. It's tapped out.
We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Hey, final segment of the show. We appreciate you checking us out with Brendan on the Sports Machine, Sean Levine. Uh, Let's just polish off our final thoughts around UFC 300. We were just talking about it. Leon, we know he's going to put his belt on the line. Do we know it's Bilal Muhammad? Are we assuming it's Bilal Muhammad? Where does that stand? If it's not Bilal Muhammad, I don't know. I just don't know what we're doing anymore. Like, he deserves it. He deserves to fight for the belt. I don't really understand who else has an argument for it. Um, unless, like, uh, unless he, you know, suffers an injury and they go to Shavkat because, you know, Right now, number one in the welterweight division is Usman. We've seen that already. Bilal's two. Shavkat's three. I don't really know what else could happen there for us to be like, hey, Shavkat deserves to leapfrog him. He doesn't. So I, I got to think it is, dude. I know that Leon is sitting here and he's saying things like, oh, you know, you know you'll fight when it's your turn. I had to wait a lot. I thought that was lame from Leon, to be honest with you, because it's like, hey, man, just because you had to wait for a long time doesn't mean you should make everybody else who's deserving wait for a long time. In fact, I would hope that would come with a little bit more understanding and a little bit more. And I know Bilal's echoed some of these thoughts too, and I agree with him. Like, hey, don't be the guy who's like, oh, I I, want to wait for all these fights. And Because here's the difference. There is no super fight for you to go to in the welterweight division. You took out the most interesting thing, which was the Usman rematch. There's no Jorge Masvidal for you to go fight where, you know, that was an argument because Jorge was obviously it was a big money fight. Of course, Usman's going to want to fight that fight as many times. Plus, you know, Jorge had some wins that had him up top with uh, with his win streak at the time. So I just don't know what else could be the argument. If, if Leon had something he could offer me, if he was going to fight Islam, okay, well, fine. I mean, I don't love it, but. But that's not going to happen. So I don't. I don't really understand what the hell they are waiting for there. The problem is that Leon doesn't understand now as the champion, as the A side. You're supposed to be interesting. And look at O'Malley. Look at Strickland. Look at all these guys. Look at even like a Brandon Moreno as a flyweight. These guys are fun and interesting and all these different things. And then look at Aljamain Sterling. That was the problem. Is people were always more interested in who he was fighting versus the champion. And sometimes it sucks, but you just have to realize that. And I don't know what I'm suggesting Leon Edwards does because he he does his job very well when he gets in the octagon as far as fighting goes. But the truth is, and you were talking about this in our last segment, that can't be the main event at UFC 300. You cannot have Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards as the main event at UFC 300. People will turn off their televisions and request a refund. I mean, I think it's a good fight. I don't think. I mean, I think you're going a little but bit you're, strong. But you're, a deep, but you're a UFC head like me, dude. Like, well, obviously we love the fight, but compared to, I mean, Gaethje, Max Holloway, Wei Li versus Zhao Nan, um, Charles Oliveira on that card, Aljamain Sterling, dude, I'd rather see Cody Garbrandt fight in the main event than than, than, than Leon Edwards. I mean, come on, dude. Like, first of all, he fought this last fight. The only reason that it was boring was because of Cody, uh, Colby Covington didn't come to fight that fight and it's like the only reason it was even like there were interesting moments in that was because leon was bored and was like kind of trying to wrestle to give him a chance and go for weird submissions so i really don't you know maybe the criticism could have been hey don't go for weird stuff try and strike with colby i guess but i don't think that that was his fault that that was a bad fight i think that he took on a washed fighter and and you know but i think the criticism should be like hey you got to take on if anything, kind of circling back to the original point, like for Leon, you kind of got your big money fight against Colby because Colby wasn't deserving. You got to fight him. You knew there was going to be a lot of heat there. All right, that's your Masvidal. Now you're supposed to go and fight the guy who actually deserves it, and that's supposed to be Bilal. Colby called out Wonder Boy. Remember after that very um, uninspired performance against Leon, they gave Colby the mic, and he said the Wonder Boy and all this stuff. That kind of be a fun fight at UFC 300, probably on the undercard. And I'm just throwing stuff out there right now. I'm in terrible for it. fight. Terrible, terrible fight. fight. Like, How is that terrible? Who fight? wants to see? Because who wants to see Wonder Boy fight a wrestler? Like, 
I don't understand this. If he doesn't have to oh, go for title fight. Your boy Wonder Boy would lose to Colby after that performance, aren't he you? He might lose, but like you know how he's going to lose. He's going to lose by getting put on his ass a bunch of times. It's not like he's going to take a lot of damage. Like, why do I want to see what I want to see Wonder Boy in fun fights? He's 40. Let him go fun fight some fights we want to see him fight. Go fight some people that are that like that are going to stand and bang with him. That's a that's what's fun. Have him fight Ian Machado Gary. You know, have him fight anybody who's like who's gonna strike with him. I don't want to go see him fight a wrestler. Who cares? He's forty. All right. Well, he's also called Wonder Boy, so it's tough to call a guy forty and Wonder you Boy. You saw him in the last time. fight. Did he look like a Wonder Boy against Shavkat? The only person who looked old, the only person who looked older in the building that night was Jack Black walking him to the walking him to the cage. <laughs> that's it. Everybody like. Look, I and you know that's my guy. I love Wonder Boy, but come on, dude. When are we going to have him? Oh, he's going to go fight. And he doesn't even, you know, he's like, one of the things I love about him is he admits it. He goes, I don't want to fight wrestlers. He's like, boring. I don't want let him fight. You know, go have a, you know, go have a fun fight. Put it together. I don't know who you want to pick, but like enough of him fighting wrestlers already. Like have oh. him go just like Kevin Holland, like stand and bang fun fights. That was such a great fight, Sean, to be at. Jack Black did look old that night. That guy's got. I wonder if he shaved his beard. If you'd recognize what he looked like, when the last time he did shave his beard. Anyway, uh, let's get back on track here. So coming up in March at the Apex, Tai Tuivasa versus Marcin Taibora. It does bring to mind one last thought, real quick, about UFC 300. Where's Derek Lewis? Should he be on the undercard somewhere? I don't know. That seems that's a good question. I, usually, Derek Lewis. It's how long has it been since he's fought? It feels like uh, we always get some uh, some Derek Lewis in our, in our lives. We saw him. We saw him. Like what, Lou? So he had. Oh, the, he lost the to Almeida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost to Almeida in that that garbage oh, fight, fight. Garbage in November. But he didn't take before a ton that, of damage, and then before that, he had the flying knee. He should be in three hundred. They should figure out a fight now. He's, we got this tied to Ivasa Marcin Tabora fight coming up in March, and you can take them off the table as far as an opponent goes because they're going to need a heavyweight to throw on the other side. Derek Lewis should be out there. And they should throw him against, like, number 15. You know what I'm saying? Give him against somebody that's unranked. Let Derek Lewis go out there and win and do the Orca at UFC 300. For me. Is that asking someone? Just for you? I feel like three hundred shaping up pretty good. I think you just kind of like are yeah. just you're, you're kind of you're you're like gathering names like a squirrel with acorns. Like it's a pretty decent card, dude. Like it's not, you know, Connor's not there to save the day, but Holloway versus Gates is a great fight. It's a great fight. It's a great fight. It's just no O'Malley, no Connor, no Sean. I- I'm sorry, no 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 Connor, no Poirier, no John Jones, no Sean. Like. It feels like a lot of the big names, and I know you're just going to poo-poo it and say that's the past. It's current events. I get it. And I have no problem if Gaethje versus uh, Holloway for the BMF is the main event. I'm totally cool with Can that. I, I texted you in the middle of the night how excited I was last night. Don't pretend like I'm not excited for that fight, dude. You know I am. But I can I ask you this? Is it that yeah. you're hung up about the 300 number? Because like, if 299 was 300, would you be happy? Because 299 is an incredible card. It's not like they're not delivering us some great. So this is a great start to the year. We have a lot of great main events. This pay-per-view is a little bit meh. But like next month, the month after that, and 300. Those, that, that's, a, that's a stack next three months. They're just throwing Canada crumbs. They're just like, eh, Canada's going to be happy. You'll, you'll take what you like. You know, you're happy we're here. Poutine? Don't they have up there? No, yeah, that's, that's right. a little bit screwed as far as the – because, yeah, 299 in – Miami and then 300 in Las Vegas, absolute bangers. And then we got Vulcan. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, okay, I'm done complaining. Um, how about Rose gets back in the octagon in late March versus Amanda Hibas? Who you got in that one? Don't get, uh, I don't bet against Thug Rose. It's, uh, it's just Neither. against my principles as a person, but, uh, certainly is, uh, you know, for her, you want to see, uh, Rose Nama Yunus get back into the win column um she's one of the best love watching her win she's another one i've seen uh, i saw her knockout of uh zhang Li. that was awesome so you know i'd love to see her i'd love to see her get back a couple losses in a row the asparza fight was a little bit weird but you know she uh she certainly needs to to get back in the win column 
Sean Brady, Vicente Luque. That's a banger right there. I'm not sure where my money's going. I think Brady. I'm going Brady too. Um, but you can't sleep on Vicente Luque. But I, I just think that, you know, that's kind of like a, hey, Sean Brady, like, let's get him right. Because I think everybody thinks of him as as an elite talent. Um, you know, not he's not super young, but I think everybody thinks of him as like, hey, give this guy the right kind of matchups. He get, You get him in a championship fight, he might win it. I mean, he's – he's uh, people, people have been talking about Sean Brady for a while. So I think that get him right, get him a win. It was a tough loss he took to Bilal Muhammad, but – there's no shame in that. We'll talk more Fury Usyk coming up next week because when's that fight? February. We're talking about like just a few weeks away at this point, January, almost halfway through. And then Brandon Royval also versus Brandon Moreno. Maybe I like it raw. Who you like in that fight? Moreno. I just uh, I think that Royval's just got a lot of holes. I think he's super exciting, but but I do think that. There, I think he can bait Moreno into some some wild stuff in that fight. So if he goes about it the right way, um, to 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 go from a style standpoint, maybe he gets Moreno to fight the fight that he wants to fight. But if Moreno, it feels like if Moreno wants to, he could he could he could win that fight easily. Final thoughts before we get out of here on Saturday night's main event, UFC 297. Sean Strickland, the favorite right now at Bet MGM, minus 130 against Drakus Duplessis at 110. BT by fight night? I wouldn't be too surprised if this one's closer to a pick just because this is a very even fight. It's tough to say one guy's the favorite. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because then you have also the style bender thing that's all on the outside of this, too. And him and DDP have a lot of heat. And so if if Drickus wins the fight, then we kind of get to go right to the robbery with style bender. If style bender wins, then, OK, we got the Sean Strickland story line, because, of course, he's probably going to get his immediate title shot, I would think. So that's 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 going to be on the outskirts of this, unless these guys just have an absolute classic and somebody gets screwed. But which would you rather? See? I don't know. Would you rather see? I, I think that I'd rather see. I kind of want to see Adesanya versus Strickland too. Strickland was so good that night. It's like there's no way that's what Izzy is. In fact, I think Izzy would be favored if they had a rematch. I'm interested in that just simply because we've already seen Izzy in a grudge match uh, a, a, against Pajeda and and he flourished. He had a great win. So I think that it's it's great to see greatness and be cool to see him become a three time champion. But I think that him versus DDP, I, I like when Izzy gets into uh, altercations before fights. I think that, you know, kind of makes him for, to be a more exciting fighter. So, um, well, I'm picking Strickland. I'm picking Strickland to win by decision. But I, I, there's part of me that's, uh, you know, <laughs> there's part of me that's also like, you know, what what's going to happen in the midst of the, all this? I, I don't think, I think if DDP doesn't win this in the first round, I don't think he's got a shot. We know how you feel. I think you said when Izzy mocked Pereira's kid, that was the moment of the year. And I can't disagree with you. That was pretty damn funny. Uh, for Brendan Tobin, I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. For producer Jake, we'll talk to you next week right here on Tapped Out. Enjoy the fights.